This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There are other things that have social consequences, has to do with the law and how things are governed in this land. And uh, when we have these types of issues before us, we go to our go-to guy, Joe Newberger, who's Global News Radio's legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Joe, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm wonderful, John. How are you? Likewise fine. Here's a couple of things I'm curious about, though. Uh, reading recently, as well as I think having broached this with you in the past, but I wanted to refresh her because there's a woman, a lawyer, uh, who's running to head the Law Society of Ontario, and uh, turns out in her background she's defended people like Ernst Zundel and uh, white supremacists. She was a co-counsel with Doug Christie, that lawyer out there in B.C., who's also taken up the case and cause of Holocaust deniers and so on and so forth. Uh, Number one, I mean... Before we find out about the dynamics governing the Law Society of Ontario, uh, she wants to head the Law Society. Does this disqualify her? Is she tainted by association here? No. I mean, it's like any other lawyer who takes on a client or a series of clients who are unscrupulous. Uh, The lawyer should not be regarded as being uh, sympathetic to the cause necessarily or identifying with the client but simply defending and, you know, criminal cases, I mean, there are many lawyers who've taken on notorious clients who've done horrific things, and it's not a situation where the lawyer is condoning any type of action, but they believe in what they're doing. And so there is this mantra that if you're a true defense lawyer, really a pure defense lawyer, you'll take on any cause. I think in her case, there have been many cases that she's been involved with, which are very high profile, and so there is, you know, there is that type of sentimentality about those types of cases and, and you know, the, the nature of them, which I think is causing the controversy right now. But I don't think she should be tainted, and she has every right to run to be the treasurer of the Law Society. All right. I guess just a matter of public perception. However, on this thing with the Law Society of Ontario uh, and their governance, they've got 54 members that uh, govern as a board, and they're called benchers. And right. there are 22 benchers, as I understand it, that she's hoping to represent sort of a, a collective mindset that are opposed to a mandatory statement of principles. This is what, I guess, the Law Society of Ontario is promoting, this mandatory statement of principles to promote racial equality in the workplace and elsewhere. I mean, you're familiar with the lay of the land here. Uh, what does this yeah. say? The statement of principles, is that does that make sense to you? That you? It almost sounds to me like the attestation uh, requirement if you're going to qualify for uh, federal funds for student summer jobs, you know, that thing? Right, right. Yeah, this is a form of attestation, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it came about a couple of years ago, and it was a former treasurer and a group of um, uh, benchers who had uh, wanted to bring uh, an assurance of diversity to the practice of law. And the Statement of Principles is a, a, a sort of a mission statement and a commitment to diversity within the workplace. And there were a number of lawyers who took offense to it in the sense that it's being mandated and there are penalties if you're not complying with it. And we're not a government agency, we're private business. And um, there was really a, a considerable backlash. In fact, there was a professor who sued the Law Society and, in fact, lost uh, that they didn't have jurisdiction to put into place that statement of issues. And so what happened is we just had an election recently to um, uh, deal with the new slate of benchers, and there was a big overturn of a number of the benchers who were there. So there was a considerable backlash, and the reality is there's considerable diversity uh, in law firms across Canada and across Ontario 
and there is a process for racialized lawyers coming into the practice. So it really was unnecessary, but it really struck a chord with a number of lawyers. And now you see how it's turning out with respect to the election we just had. Yeah, I was going to say it uh, smacks of political correctness getting into the legal profession and, you know, even compelled speech or thought. uh, And I guess that's a dangerous development. You see it that way? Yeah, that's exactly the way many of the uh, lawyers and the benchers who were elected as, you know, stop sop, which is what they were called, saw it, that it's compelled speech, you know, that we're being told how to think and how to operate our businesses. And, you know, don't do that. You're, you're outside of your jurisdiction. It's exactly the way you couch it is the way many felt. And I frankly, you know, was a bit offended by it because if you walk into my law firm, I mean, we're considerably diverse and we always have been. We don't distinguish between clients we take on and we do all sorts of pro bono work. So, you know, I, and it was going too far as far as I'm concerned and not focusing on other far, fairly more pressing issues that the law society faces like competence. Again, with Joe Newberger, Global News Radio's legal expert on another matter, this from Global News, uh, a podcast that has revealed uh, something rather disconcerting. Uh, the podcast is Wait, There's More. It's a daily, and it's hosted by Tamara Kandakar. Uh, she says nearly 800 criminal cases have been tossed since 2016, and these include all kinds of criminal cases, drug cases, violent and sexual assaults, even murder. And it has to do with this Jordan ruling of the Supreme Court. Uh, everyone is constitutionally guaranteed the right to a timely trial, and we have benchmarks for that. 800 cases, though, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds quite extreme. Um, the Jordan decision was, you know, quite quite a change to the system. It created a very big shock. You and I have spoken about this a number of times. So it's an 18-month time limit in the lower court, followed by an 18-month time limit in the superior court for a total of 36, if it's like a murder case. And it really is a, a hard stop on cases. And it has been difficult for busy jurisdictions to manage simply because of the caseload and what is a lack of investment in infrastructure. The government talks a big game about being tough on crime, but there is no investment in the infrastructure, which is for policing, crown attorneys, judges, courthouses, legal aid, and so that causes all sorts of havoc. Well, is it also possible some defense lawyers use this as a tactic and rag the puck and sort of, you know, run out the clock? You can't. I mean, if you drag the puck, then the delay is held at the feet of the defense. So this is purely based upon institutional or crown delay. So if a defense lawyer adjourns something for four months just because, they're not going to be able to get a delay that way. So that, that's accounted for. It's not, a, it's not a defense tactic. It's just a hard stop on a case. And sometimes courts are extremely busy. I mean, you know, you go down to 361 University, they're still short 10 judges. Yeah. Well, uh, I just found it really, as I say, upsetting or disconcerting that in this case that was uh, documented by the Global News team here, uh, you know, since 2016, 800 serious cases, too, on uh, the alleged uh, just walking because they weren't uh, prosecuted in a timely fashion. Joe, as always, a pleasure. I really appreciate your insights. We'll do it again real soon. There's so many legal matters that pop up on a daily basis. Always a pleasure, John. Have a great show as usual. Thank you. Joseph Newberger, again, is Global News Radio's legal expert with Newberger and Partners. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.